Konnichiwa, it's Zach Langley Chichi, I'm so popular, and today is the third edition of Chichi no Book Club, where my beloved patrons can join me for a frolicking romp through the joys of literature. Um, if you'd like to join, all you have to do is uh, subscribe to the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash I'm so popular, and um, join us in the Discord where we organize our book club. So today we are discussing Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, which I believe was published in 1932 or 1931. Uh, it is a dystopian novel, and it really doesn't need much of an introduction. This is kind of one of the big literary staples that I think uh, most Americans uh, have uh, some sort of exposure to. Well, what is everyone thinking here? How what, what did everyone react to this book with? This oh wait! Was- oh my God! So, hold up! Stop! Stop! I forgot to ask who you <coughs> are. We have some new people joining. Uh, let's start with May. Please introduce yourself. Um. Hello. My name is May. I'm a returning guest, I suppose, to the book club. Um. I'm doing well. Great. All right. Hi, Alex. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm a returning guest as well, longtime fan of the pod. I'm an actor and a writer from Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm very happy to be here as always. Yay. And then we have Colin. Hi. Hi, I'm Colin, longtime listener, first time guest. Super excited to discuss this book with y'all. Uh, yeah, I'm calling from Vienna this morning. So really excited to be here. Welcome. I think this is the first time someone's. Re- recorded from that area so that's fun and exciting and then we have a i'm so popular superstar with us as well who are you hello everyone um it's andrew i'm back um it's my first book club appearance i actually recommended this book so i'm so happy you chose it i'm happy to have read it too because like i said this is kind of like a high school fixture like i feel like every um, one is kind of introduced to this book somewhere along their AP lit journey or kind of generally. Uh, it's kind of piled into the 1984 like Trump derangement syndrome canon where uh, after Trump was elected, everyone kept reading books like The Handmaid's Tale and 1984 and Brave New World being like, it's Trump's America. Uh, what I actually think is it's a, a much more nuanced and very interesting and also not nuanced at all. Uh, it's a very unique and kind of funny, quaint, uh, amusing little book that uh, kind of delighted me. But OK, Alex, you said you had a, a really strong reaction to this. So I want to hear about your experience. Um. So, yes, I remember reading this in high school. I was about 14 or 15 at the time, and I remember thinking this is one of the most horrifying things I've ever heard in my life. Um, I was absolutely taken aback by the imagery and the concepts, but like reading it again now, I found it to be like, I think everybody is wrong about this book. I think that it is not depicting the kind of society that people say that it is depicting. And I also think that it is like almost painfully overwrought at times Mm -hmm. um like to the point of exhaustion what with like the the quoting of shakespeare and the extensive monologues about um about history um yeah i i just noted that 
I, I'm looking at it completely differently. I, it, I don't think it really has the same power over me that it did. Yeah, I didn't react to this in a way that I was like um, shaken or horrified. Um, there's something. There's kind of like a funny like mm-hmm. quality that I was like kind of like amused like most of the time reading it. Like it was kind of like funny to me. I don't know why, but maybe that's a, the wrong reaction. I thought it was really funny too, actually. Like when he, the savage is throwing out the soma of the out the window in the hospital, and he's like screaming like, "Oh, you guys want to be like." puking children and the the freaking deltas are getting so mad like i thought that was so funny yeah it's definitely yeah i think it is like funny for being overwrought but may what did you think yeah i think one thing that sort of struck me immediately is like sort of like as a critique uh the society that it's like trying to critique is like such like an amalgamation of like every type of ideology like it's this kind of like collage of like capitalism communism and fascism so i sort of think like that's why it's like had such a long-lasting appeal is people can just sort of like latch on to the parts that they parts that resonate with them and like just like sort of throw out the rest but i think like on the whole it's like not that incisive i would say of a critique like some parts work but a lot of it like really doesn't i would say um and like sort of this like sort of like ham-fisted critique or like the ideas that um, Huxley is trying to get across, I think in a lot of ways come at the expense of the plotting, which I found a bit contrived, and the characters, which are either intentionally or unintentionally, maybe it doesn't matter, like sort of shallow. And I didn't find any of them that compelling. I don't know. <laughs> What did you think, Colin? But on the whole, I oh, sorry, think go ahead. it was like okay. a light read, sort of like entertaining enough that I did not resent reading it at all. Um, yeah. What did you think, Colin? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, me. So I'm like, I've never read this before. So it was like nice. Like I knew it was like about it. It was in my orbit, sort of. I never took the time to read it. So it was like, I'm glad that I have it finish and kind of checked off the list Mm -hmm. but I kind of agree with the critiques that have been stated especially when it comes to the characters I found that like the characters were almost like laughable like yeah it's funny like how like intense and passionate and then like at the same time so disinterested in certain parts of the plot are I don't know it was so strange like having like some characters who basically are just there to like parrot kind of you know Huxley's opinion about so and so or such and such a thing so I don't know I think the characters kind of like took me out of it a lot I think the world building is interesting but it kind of is just like um let's throw everything at the board and see what sticks so I don't know I think I'm a little dystopia poisoned now since we're like in 2023 and there's been like when I was growing up so many books were taking so many cues from like 1984 and dystopia like that kind of stuff so it's interesting to go back to kind of one of the first modern versions of this and like see in like the 1930s what they were considering to be like dystopic and how my opinions probably don't align with like the 1930s like idea of dystopia. Yeah, it's really funny that we ended up actually talking about this, like, especially after I did, like, my Utopias episode, because, like, both dystopic and utopic thinking are sort of, like, ridiculous to me now, and I kind of, like, it is 
really compelling to me that this genre is so long-standing and has now trickled down into like the dregs of YA literature like when I was growing up basically everything I read I feel like was dystopic and so there is kind of like this childish impulse about fantasizing over just how bad things can get and the kind of um like lego land world building of like a dystopic society definitely represents some like weird like um pre-adolescent impulse to me and i feel like may what you said about this being like a critique of all possible ideologies really does like kind of complete that kind of like childish um like immature sort of like thematic thing going on here I don't know why, but I kept like getting kind of like a, a very, I don't want to say underdeveloped, but like immature kind of um, tone from the book. Mm-hmm. I feel like the book is kind of inconsequential in the plot. Like it's, it's very short, tight. It's kind of moves scene to scene. Mm-hmm. It's no really overarching like intertwining of characters or messy relationships really it's more just an ideological piece kind of uh-huh. but i yeah, actually like- read this book after i read 1984 because i really liked 1984 and i had to read it in university for one of my english classes oh and Ro- was- ronald is coming in oh oh hello oh. go ahead continue sorry i was um and I was watching, I was watching a PewDiePie like book review, like monthly book review. <laughs> and he like recommended this book. And like just the plot kind of sounded interesting to me. So I was reading this, and I was reading like Dorian Gray, and I was kind of reading like all these classics. Did PewDiePie also recommend Dorian the picture of Dorian Gray? He did, he did. He has the weirdest the taste in literature. His favorite Mishima novel is Runaway Horses. <laughs> I, like i remember like seeing that i was like huh that what like, what I, does i no longer human too like that's why i read that book yeah he has like an interesting like taste in like literature i think because it's like um i don't want to say like superficial but it's like quite like surface level but it's like very like he gets like all of like the interesting like entry points to the rest of like the literary canon and i feel like brave new world definitely feels that way to me um like the underdrawing of the characters like the kind of like weird um like lurching plot of it um it's very different from 1984 which like feels so much more like um like dark and serious kind of yeah I don't know. This has like the the clown honking like quality that like Larry Kramer does to me. I want to talk about Orgy Porgy. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. So one Necessary. of the like, one of the most important uh, qualities of the book is that the dystopia is characterized as being extremely like sexual um, and um, non monogamous, and so the lengths that Huxley goes to to kind of like illustrate the decadent sexual features of the society i found very funny i feel like like, the society is very like like (laughs) it's kind of like everyone to be sexually free and kind of like non-monogamous and Uh uh-huh 
just which I like kind act- of like about this. yeah I like that they like actively shame people for not having sex with multiple partners and like oh you've been seeing this person for over a week you're a problem you need to go have, like, like that's someone weird. else <laughs> yeah it's like what's Ooh, wrong with you that's not it chief <laughs> start over it's not <laughs> start over start over <laughs> that's funny there is like like Okay, I was thinking about this because obviously, like, I'm, you know, very uh, sex positive or whatever. But when I was reading this, I was like, I get why he's critiquing it in the way he is. But the thing is, is that society is never going to end up like that. There's, I don't see any future in which this, like, loose uh, sexual fervor ever exists again it doesn't the way society is going today is going the opposite opposite yeah so i feel like sexual and like don't want to have sex i think something huxley misses sexual hangups are gonna be like the last sorry i'm sorry the like people's sexual hangups are gonna be like the last things that they let go of like i don't i don't think that's gonna be like the entryway into full dystopia yeah because i think what he, he is right about is that he identifies that one motion uh, of society is that a fear around pain and displeasure um, is, you know, routinely routed out by increasingly menial and insignificant distractions. Um, But he also kind of misses that, like, uh, people actually run away from sex because of that, because of its, like, potential for unpleasant uh you know experience and what have you mm-hmm. i but also think that, that like just the conceit itself kind of just um glosses over the fact that like i don't know sex inevitably is going to like um open your mind up a little or like uh give you like a, a some kind of taste of the transcendent or the sublime and you're going to have some kind of like connection um, with that person afterward. And I don't think that like, I don't know, even like the like social conditioning that takes place in the book, I really just don't see that changing um, the way, like I completely getting rid of everybody's like special attitude towards sex. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that he kind of imagines uh, like the sex in the book as like, the gay circuit party meth orgies and like those exist i guess but it's like i don't know i'm trying to like reconcile that with this like what's the difference but uh i don't know it's just fun to like be nasty mm-hmm. calm down yeah. all to us <laughs> i think he kind of looks orgy, at it just like sort orgy. of in a yeah, like in this transactional sort of way, like it's oh, we just got to do it to like this, let the steam out, let the valves, you know, kind of get those feelings out, so we can focus back on being like a perfect society or some way. And it's like mm-hmm. he is missing that, like I, I hesitate to say, like religious, but like the spiritual part of like sex with another person, with another being. It's like it is a conjoining of like two different, like four, two or more, like forces, right? So I feel like he really good is kind. It is kind of like anti-sex a little bit, but. I don't know, like, it's, he's really missing something when he's talking about sex, I think. Yeah, the book is also not libidinal, and the way that these, like, orgies happen feels very divorced and imaginative, and so 
you know, Ayn Rand also kind of writes dystopically in stuff like The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, but she's so in touch with, like, the sensual and the libidinal in her characters that it becomes uh, much more real, even when, like, characters are, like, speaking nonstop or, like, you know, it's, like, kind of, like, preposterous, like, overblown soap opera um, in the best way, of course. But, like, Huxley is, like, missing some sort of, like, contact with that part of the world i just didn't believe that anyone was fucking i didn't either only lenina oh she's fucking oh she's fucking hard she's cunt yeah lenina is my favorite character in the book um she's a fetus technician which is like i love that I want, and then she is just like loose. Um, she decides to be monogamous for like six months with one guy, which like everyone makes her, everyone thinks she's like a huge pervert and like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love her. She's just she's just like me. She wants. So yeah, all the like tortured like interactions between like John and Lenina, where she, where he's like reciting Shakespeare to her as she's like geeked up off the soma, like. It's like all like so like torturous. <laughs> this is like my favorite part of the novel. Wait, um, is like that something or no? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, but I'm unzipping my, just... I'm unzipping my shirt. Like, just fuck me. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Honestly, I I relate to that so much. Like, I'm just like, can we just fuck? Like, why do we have to have this sort of like ultimate connection or uh-huh. experience? Like, can I just open my valve and let the steam out? And then say goodbye. Like, let me like get my rocks off. Like, I like, I love. Yeah, um, enough with the sonnets. This is actually like a kind of a delightful like um, image, though. Is like the weird, um, like neurotic Shakespeare like recitations as yeah. like someone is trying to like seduce you, and it like forces you into a violent like panic attack. I do find myself obsessed with that idea. That's fierce. And I relate to that on every level. Too, at the same time when that's happening. I feel like for me, it's like, I'm like, it's like I'm about to like fuck someone. And then I'm like, have you heard Start Over by Sakura Zaka 46? (laughs) And like, (laughs) but wait, but wait. And then I start like, like, wait, can I still? I I thought that Shakespeare was really fascinating because in some ways it like sort of, to me, and I'm not sure if this is like the intended person, but the intended purpose, but it like sort of like showed how like even like the pinnacle of culture, which is like Shakespeare, can like sort of be like degraded and like like brought down to this level of just like reciting it. Like and it I mean, gets like actually... all like chopped up and distorted. Um in like a yeah, I thought that, that was like sort of interesting. This Very. always happens when Shakespeare is like used as a plot device in anything is his like entire body of work kind of gets boiled down to like the like an illustration of like the beauty of humanity or like the beauty of the English language or like the like vibrancy of society. And it's like, I don't know, he's like, or like the full human range of emotion. It's like, I, I don't know, like, um, it, I feel like it does a disservice to like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like every time he was quoting Shakespeare, I was like, what is this quote that you're saying right now actually have to do with anything? Well, this actually kind of brings me to another comparison that I wanted to make, which is between this book 
and the movie Zardoz because they're like essentially mm-hmm. the same premise, I feel like, but it's kind of like flipped. Whereas in Brave New World, they're like not allowed to have any culture, and like Shakespeare is supposedly supposed to like save the world or whatever, and like make everyone <laughs> realize that like I don't know the like the, the transcendence of the human spirit. But in Zardoz, like all the all the like eternals, all the like people in the utopian little colony, they like have nothing to read but Shakespeare. Like it's like they're like have like an access to the entire like history of human culture and they're just like going over that for all eternity. Which in some sense I feel is like more realistic to the real world because like in like the present day you do have like access to all this stuff. But like it kind of becomes meaningless after a while if you're just like accessing it as just like purely as this like media stream inside of your like literal Zardoz bubble. I think one point about this novel is that it turns the people sort of like disinterested in that sort of human excellence that Shakespeare has so that they don't even want to search for it. But so they're like, that's kind of like our society today. Like people are not even really like, they just watch the most basic things people don't really read. Like they don't really look deeper into the past or history or literature. So I think it's good in that way. But I that is an interesting comparison of Zardos and- mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, well, I think in our society, there are like the people who like only like, like watch like Netflix and TikTok and don't look into history. But there's like the also the opposite archetype of like the letterboxed like mm. like ultra connoisseur who's just like <laughs> six thousand books. Yeah, uh, yes, the, the six hundred book emoji. Six hundred book Discord. emoji. Um, shout out to Amelia. Yeah, book a week. <laughs> so like, it's <laughs> like, like me. and two lines of. I feel like yeah. I like. I feel like me and probably everybody else here is like a lot more prone to the 600 books mode where you're just like (laughs) consuming this stuff and like actually like even if it's like the pinnacle of art and of human achievement it like somehow like loses its value just because it like has no context and it's just like in like this like endless media stream context is on everything becomes netflix with enough time like Everything is Hulu and Netflix, like after long enough. Yeah, that's true. So I'm very skeptical of this idea that Shakespeare will save the world as great as Shakespeare is. <laughs> Honestly, the, the all the like Shakespeare made me want to like just like read Shakespeare instead of this book, you know? Same. Yeah. I completely I just want to like de like delve deeper into Shakespeare. It really doesn't make me want to change society in any kind of way. No, this book is not mobilizing or instrumentalizing it at all it's like because of like the childish like, kind of tone of it and like the you know some parts of it I felt like I was just like yeah well so it goes and you know th- there's kind of like that escapist dream at the end that all of like the uh people who get exiled from society for like being like too individualistic and like too artistic or like put onto that island or whatever they like they can go to whatever island they want. I feel like if that happened, it would just be like Twitter or like the fucking Bjork Utopia album with like the bird, yeah. Yeah, the bird song, the flutes. I and I'm like, I don't want that. I, I definitely don't want that. I mean, doesn't I one of them really, literally go to Iceland? Yes, I don't. Oh my god, I do not want to go to that fucking island. 
at all. Can you imagine how horrible it would be there and how annoying everyone would be? Well, when they were saying that, I was like, when they were saying that, I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to say they're going to send them to the island and then they're going to just kill them. And then, like, that didn't happen. So I guess they just went to the island. What's that stupid Caroline Polachek song? Welcome to my island. Welcome to my island. (laughs) Welcome to my my island. island. Me me on the Brave New World Artist Colony Exile Island. Yeah, like, the Brave New World Artist Colony Island is literally the stupid Caroline Polachek song with, like, her (laughs) being this ugly fucking sphinx thing in the first image, literally. She welcomes you to the island. She's the mayor. She's she's the mayor of Art Island, of Brave New World Art Island. It's, like, that stupid, quaint Japanese island where they're like that ugly i hate there's like this one japanese old lady artist who has like red hair and she like does these stupid pumpkins with, like yeah, dogs. Kusama. Kusama. I, I fucking hate that bitch i think this stuff is so <laughs> ugly and i feel like the brave new world art island is gonna look exactly like that it's gonna be like zardos now i kind of want to go as like yeah bjork utopia like Send her to the island. Goodbye, Kusama. Yeah. Your ass oh my going God. to the fucking island. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you guys what you think about Soma. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about Soma. It sounds lovely. I want some. Great. <laughs> Soma is a drug that just like eliminates all unpleasant emotion and makes you horny. It's like the dridge ampule from like the American People Volume 1 Search for My Heart and the American People Volume 2 The Brutality <laughs> of Fact by Larry Kramer, a novel. It's like the dridge ampule. I want to get my hands on some Soma, girl. I like, Don't I love the... Hangover. <laughs> Ugh, I want to start over with some Soma. I feel like that scene when they're like quelling the riot by like squirting the soma vapor i love that and i was like what if we did that yeah and they all just start like kissing each other Uh, it's like that's like the fucking like kendall jenner pepsi ad (laughs) when she like gives like the cop a pepsi can i love it like let's let's like except it's if they just all started fucking i know like let's stop like riots by just like like gassing it with poppers like i think i think they're onto something low-key right and then wasn't there that scene where they have like that weird sort of like prayer circle where they like drink something and then they all start like sleeping with each other like there was oh, that yeah. they go to like this oh know, and like, they're like pr- walking in a circle yeah it felt like wednesday night prayer meeting <laughs> it's like okay like once a week we have to go sit in a circle and like share a drink yeah, and, we and all like, fuck each other and like in the beginning in the beginning, like when they have like the Deus Ex Machina moment, where like the literal leader of the world, like, like just like appears, the um, world controller, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, we used to have a thing called God, but we replaced him with the world state, and we replaced <laughs> Christianity with the perfect drug called Soma. It's like so <laughs> explicit, you know, that it like literally is like a replacement for spirituality, I guess. It was know, so it like blatant too, because it describes I think at one point it's even like, oh well they had these things called priests, which were kind of similar to uh whatever they called like the leader of that. It's just very like one-to-one like societal transformation. It's like, okay, so instead of this, we have this other thing, but it's like evil. I get the idea. Yeah. Like, I get his thinking behind it, and it's like, okay, like yeah, 
the idea of only embracing positive emotion is obviously bad because that's like, you know, that's Netflix. It's very Netflix to, you know, only good in. And, uh, you know, I understand, but like just the way he describes it, I'm like, this just sounds like fun. <laughs> It'd be fun yeah, for- I just like picture it as like the like PC music universe. I repeated them, by the way. CX um, World, yeah. Yes, Shout it's the last Charlie XCX album. <laughs> it's it's like album art. <laughs> I feel like Soma like tastes like the like the hey cutie the cutie energy drink <laughs> probably yeah, for sure for sure didn't they like make like a the world can... energy drink for that does, they like, did who like where is that where does it taste where did like? it go <laughs> where is she oh dear soma um okay soma like sr ssris are like antidepressants oh that's that's real if you <laughs> that's real girl if you're like on soma are you just like on estrogen is estrogen and soma the same thing transgender um politics. estrogen it like kind of makes you like kind of emotional i guess in both like a good way and a bad way um but it definitely does not get you high i don't know i wish it did it doesn't like send like, you into like a, rap- like, a, like, like a rapturous orgy like lust <laughs> everybody no, in makes brave you- new world it's like walking around with tits <laughs> well they have the hormone chewing gum they need to invent that in real life oh, the hormone chewing gum is oh, I so forgot. fierce that was so Wait, good benito skinner the way i don't know why benito, benito. skinner was hot to me who Wait. i don't know what his deal was i thought he was hot the no, benito was, like, skinner is the tiktok guy <laughs> no that's, he? that's the name that's of the guy no, no, that the name he has a different name in the book. He has a different name in the His book. It's not Benito, Benito Skinner. Skinner. Oh, it's Benito Hoover. It's Skinner is the TikTok guy. <laughs> is that a TikTok yeah, guy? I, I love like all the yeah. I love I love, I love like all the instances. Well, girl, of, like... I don't know who either of these people are. Obviously, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> no, I'm lost. No, yeah, I, I love like all the instances of of like the 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 incel character Bernard Marx like seething over Benito Hoover. Who's, You're like, talking who's, like so yeah. more so much more chatty than he is. Yeah, yeah. Harry um, but Bernito exactly Hoover, that like exactly. Lenita is like disgusted by like how Harry he is but kind of turned on at the same time and then it's just like bernard marx just like stomping around like moping he's like he's such so a, annoying he's such a buzzkill <laughs> he just like walks in the room and he's like why is everyone having sex why are you taking soma oh Alex, shut the fuck up like, he is the worst character like he's think, so fucking annoying i think it <laughs> might be intentional yeah. for like him to be characterized Worse. as a kind of yeah. like, this whiny brat but i'm you know it's so funny because it's really difficult reading this with, you know, 96 years of, you know, context in the middle. And yeah. I guess, like, the fears of it, like, still translate, like, quite r- well. And I know that, like, Huxley did this whole project called um, Brave New World Revisited, which was, like, a series of, like, essays um, in which he thought that the world was progressing towards his dystopia even quicker than he could have imagined um but it really seems that like the things that are right about this book and the way that culture and society has developed um i don't know he seems to take it quite seriously and like this is going to happen but then i just think about all of those helicopters everywhere and i have to laugh (laughs) yeah i feel like in like the 1930s like given the political context of like that decade it sort of like makes more sense mm-hmm. but i don't know 
like in the modern era, it does not hold up as well. I think. When did they make it's helicopters? It's just like at every turn, I feel like it's at every turn. It's like there's a every time it feels like a point is being made. There's like a roadblock that just like veers it off into complete and utter ridiculousness, and I'm like, it takes me completely out of it. Like, I don't know. It feels like, and every time a character is seems like they're about to make a point, the the narrative like is always like without fail like has to like take them down a peg and like make them seem ridiculous a little bit Mm -hmm. and i like don't know if that's intentional it's just like it's a book that constantly feels like it's kind of making fun of itself yeah i definitely got that impression as well also when were helicopters invented so i like just googled this because i wanted to know um i guess the the first like i guess prototype that would like worked was in 39 but the arm the u.s army added them into the i guess the put not the platoon but they added them in in 41 so i like pretty recently you know about helicopters i feel like oh i don't know it's like sci-fi you predicted it yeah (laughs) oh my god maybe there's like a da vinci drawing of a helicopter somewhere i don't know (laughs) That's oh my god! Alfred helicopter, red brave. That's like funny. They're like all like going around in like in like Renaissance, like yeah, like Da Vinci Renaissance helicopter canvas, canvas like flapping wings. (laughs) They're like this is the height of culture. (laughs) This is the future. Oh, I just googled this as well, and a Reddit thread came up. Someone said, "I'm rereading Brave New World for the first time since high school, and something struck me as odd." Can someone please explain how Aldous Huxley wrote about helicopters and helicopter screws years before the helicopter was invented? I feel like they're just like magical flying cars. Oh no, there's like no like real canonical explanation for how they work in the book. This is a whole subreddit I've just discovered for Brave New right? World, which I'm sure has some oh, I mean, really geez. funny gems. I'm sure there's some great <laughs> takes on there. Yeah, I'm sure there's some. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of screenshots of tweets on there. And this one girl was like, this is obviously written by a white man, but I don't see what's wrong with society. <laughs> this book is kind of racist. It is. It's like the black this book like, is actually more really eggs than the white people do. Like, no, in wait, that, like classic the race play pornography yeah. that they're all like watching. That was so funny to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh that was wild. That like everybody's like entertainment is just like race play like porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way that it's like when they're in like like what was it like New Mexico? I forgot already. Yeah. Yes, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and then on the reservation, on the reservation, and the way that they write about these people is like literally is like ooga booga, like tribal, like <laughs> tribal dancing, like leg movements, like clapping pregnant belly, like you know African women with like it was like so wild to read. <laughs> I was like, it literally is like old school now. It's like Mondo, like Mondo Karn, like it's like. <laughs> It's crazy. I love it. And it was very like the these like the white people like could not even bear to like be amongst them. And so they decided to like rot in a tent for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And then it's like fu- funny how it like immediately <laughs> pivots from from like the like the like ooga booga ritual to then like like John like s- sitting on like the top of a, a pueblo, like gazing at the moon. And, like, yes. The- and then later he's like the values of like the tribe are actually like he like kind of like makes them one with like the things that he learned from Shakespeare and like kind of correlates the yeah. two of those things into Sophie, like this get weird down like nonsensical there. ideology. <laughs> 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 Not Sophie. 
No, it, it really is PC music world. It really oh, is. Like, seriously. Also, something that struck me about this is that there's so little description of like locality or scene or yeah. like setting. And so the effect of reading it yeah. is that it's all very like gaseous in my mind when I was like trying to picture it. And so I got this like mm-hmm. really weird collage that I think was like kind of influenced by the original cover where it's just like a lot of like abstract like shapes and like weird dioramas of like that mountain and stuff and like the helicopters and I don't know it, like the book felt very hazy in my brain. Yeah. Did anyone it's see like it clearly when they read it? Sorry. It's the X world. And I well, saw I think it, it it has like a sort of like very like stage play mm-hmm. quality where it's just like you're like have like these set of characters and you just like throw them together and sort of like watch them collide like particles in a vacuum. Um this kind of made a yeah. thing in my mind, like Metal City and like New Mexico desert and oh now they're in a movie theater type thing. Now they're in an AA meeting type room. The yeah, that's very stage play, isn't it? It's like Angels yeah. in America. Um I really love uh the feelies. Oh yeah. The feelies. Yes. Those are so con. Yeah. The feelies. I want to go to the feelies. Yeah. Who doesn't? When you, when you go and just get like, like sense, like sense movie. It's just it's like, ooh. Like, I, I was like imagining a really bad like 4D cinema where they like spray water in your face and like shake the chair. It's like, wait, 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 hold on. Spy it's much Kids better 3. Than... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's much better than this. 4D. It's just Spy Kids 3D with like John Waters, like Aromarama or whatever it was called. Yeah, it's like, all right, kids, let's go to the 4D cinema. <laughs> like, okay. Go to the feelings. You know, like, when, when I was, like, a kid, I feel like I was, like, at the very tail end of, like, when we thought, like, there was going to be cinematic innovations, you know? Mm. <laughs> that would, like... This is, like, something that, like, is always, like, fascinating to me is, like, the perpetual quest to make things, like, more, like, real and, like, sensorially engaging than they already are but it's like perpetually failing like vr never really took off um none of this like i think i i am like not worried about the risk of like people getting like totally sucked into their like sensory world because like nobody even like cares you can just like stare at like twitter which is just like text all day and that's like even more addictive somehow absolutely um i'm not worried about like vr um because no i I remember when I was, because I'm a little older than you, and I remember I went through, like, the whole gamut of, like, the whole fad with 3D and those, like, paper, like, glasses that they used to give out for, like, fucking Spy Kids. Oh, um, yeah, those. Yeah, those. Um, I've seen one 4D movie. I saw The Matrix in 4D, and it was, like, obnoxious and, like, stressful. Uh, and it was overpriced, like and the theater was empty. So it's, like... It was miserable. I hated it. The only <laughs> thing I've enjoyed seeing in like 3D was Prometheus and Avatar the Way of Water. Mm-hmm. I went to Yeah, I feel like I people don't want to be like engaged. They want to disassociate. I went to Universal Studios one time and I saw Shrek 4D. And oh my like, God. Donkey, like sneezes at you and like 
They like spray snot at you. And yeah, isn't that like swamp moves? smell? Also, that's so <laughs> vulgar. I mean, that's everything I hate about Shrek as a franchise. Yeah, why is Shrek so gross? And why is everybody always fucking talking about him? Like, shut up. I don't like the Shrek meme either. Shrek memes and Shrek 4D movie feels very Brave New World feelies to me. (laughs) Yes, it's very that. Yeah, Shrek is actually proof that Brave New World might be a little right after all. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Myers. (laughs) I don't like that the Shrek movies are like kind of like horny as well and like there's like a kind of they're extremely horny there's like a really weird thing with like fiona i don't know like it yeah, just is yeah. like no, it truly it, it really does like like sort it's of like happen to like the the darkest the most unsavory aspects of like the pubescent like straight male psychology i feel like oh you're right i think about donkey and the dragon fucking oh no no and there's no. So and people like... will actually argue to you that these movies are like masterpieces people will actually earnestly argue that to you. that's brave new world like for real i like <laughs> it's it like, is. it's a feel fucking shrek is a feely like i <laughs> i do want to say that there is a cunty moment in the shrek franchise is it, okay. is it the fairy godmother? It's the fairy godmother singing Thank that you. song. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. She kind of ate that. Oh, she, oh my god, she fucking oh, worked that. She ripped serving. and tore. Oh my <laughs> god, that stage. There's yeah. A- there's a sexual element to her too, and like her, like kind of like lesbian, like busty, like winking lady <laughs> thing. And she's just like, like just so like sultry sexy. on the piano. Like, Fairy Godmother, C-, C minor. Put it in C minor. <laughs> Isn't that literally Jennifer Saunders though? Like from Ab- Absolutely Fabulous. Is it really? I think it is. Hold on. Um, Wait, let's go Google this. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, my cat is going crazy. Jesus. One it is Jennifer Saunders. That's magical. I feel like Yeah. Like Yeah, absolutely fabulous is like what Aldous Huxley thinks Shakespeare is. It's gonna like actually <laughs> save the world. Yeah, I can can purify Shrek. The like the like positive energies of Jennifer Saunders is like the one oh ray god. of light in the Shrek franchise. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't. I really can't. <laughs> Wait, I want to ask Brad's opinion on the ending and when he like pulls himself. One one moment. I sent a, a photo in the chat if everyone would care to blow. The fucking fairy godmother. <laughs> <laughs> no. Her eyebrows. <laughs> Brave new world. Brave new world. Brave new girl. <laughs> Brave new girl. This is the brave new girl. Spinning oh. <laughs> world. Oh god. Oh my god. Okay, the end of the mo- who end reacted the- with a heart emoji? <laughs> Me. Oh. oh my god. Okay, so we have to talk about the end of the book with the with the sewer side. <laughs> sewer side. So, okay, what what did everyone think of this? It, did did it make anyone sad or despondent? No. Did anyone have an emotional reaction? <laughs> it was like very revealing because 
uh like even when this guy he like escapes to his like trad cath like isolated fantasy he's uh-huh. still seething about the evil society like there's this like moment he, like he, he, in between like well, like when he's like all alone by himself but he like still cannot like stop like being contemptuous as he's like plowing his like field this is like what all these twitter trad cats are going to be like even if they manage to escape uh they're still going to have like uh, a like chorus of spectral trannies like haunting them even from in the middle of the woods because they can never like exercise it from their brain because they've spent too long on twitter i, I think know. that's very true yeah that's yeah apt comparison he's whipping himself and then people are like "Ooh, i kind of like that and then it just draws a crowd and then he becomes the big new thing and then lenina finally comes back and he's been whipping himself thinking about like having sex with lenina and punishing himself for it and then she finally comes with all these like short people who look identically the same and she's like walking towards him and then he starts whipping her and it's really intense and then that's Lenina girl. That's Lenina getting off the helicopter, the XCX helicopter. <laughs> Before she gets pummeled. <laughs> Whipped. <laughs> I arc up. <laughs> I need this React sticker. Uh, please. Please. Uh, okay. Then they have an orgy. And then they, they have do. an orgy. I did not have any emotional reaction to this whatsoever. I like read it and I was like, no. I guess the book is over now. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, they have their big old orgy like... porgy, then it's done. <laughs> yeah, I did not give a fuck. <laughs> I fucking didn't give a fuck. I give a fuck. You know why I gave a fuck? Because this why? book took me so long to read because I'm not a fast reader, okay? Uh-huh. A... Okay, it took me a while. I'm a busy person. How long did it take I you to read? I finally read this ending and I was like, fuck. Damn. When, how long did it take you to re- read the book, Andrew? Maybe like six months, seven months. Oh I would put it down maybe I should have given it more time. Yeah, maybe. And I would have yeah, grown same. to appreciate the characters. <laughs> maybe like, the key away. to reading Brave New World is apparently you read like half a page a day. No, not you have to read it yeah. like in real time. Like one you do like a meditation exercise where you have to picture like every identical retarded face of the Bakanovsky groups. Like yeah, just like exactly. picture all of them and like imagine all their little, little souls. <laughs> and they all look like the fairy godmother from Shrek Two. You have the, to imagine the, the every single one. groups of like little like stunted retards reminded me so much of those like little of those like idol groups that zach and carlton are obsessed with because they're they're all like stunted and adult and they're all like identical and indistinguishable to be honest i just like a picture i just like imagine that all the like little bakanovs groups are like the the keaki zaka 46 like, cool people like running around Damn. Oh no. Very intense. I guess they would not get another fight about keaki zaka 46. the morning musume concert of feely though Oh, it was a feely. The Morning Musume concert was such a fucking feely. I was like, I was, 
I just <laughs> we want were you to feel so mama. I just want you to feel mama. Like it was like so <laughs> intense. It actually ruined my life. Like I don't think I'll ever be the same after it because it was so intense to see 10,000 people who also are into idols at one time all with a little light stick. It was it was a feely. Sorry, I just like completely derailed the conversation. I don't have that much to say about Brave New World as it turns out. Can we out. talk about Linda? Oh yeah, we can talk like, about Linda. Uh, Linda wow. I love how she was just <laughs> fuck and then died. Linda, I want to be her girl. Like, well, maybe not, but like, she has this so such like horrible arc. She's like this weird. She's like the the fuck toy of this one guy. Gets her ass left in a reservation. Like, <laughs> has to like acclimate to the lives of being like with natives. <laughs> it's like and she's not like even also that hard to come back. No, and she's also like fucking pregnant at the time. <laughs> she starts fucking everybody in the reservation and then they start beating her up because she's sleeping with everybody she's like why i'm just having sex we're all like the average black person they, <laughs> <laughs> they literally oh fucking like, put her in like the like the ooga booga land and it's just like <laughs> and she like descends into like elizabeth taylor like boom like levels of like screaming um like mania um I can imagine how cursed she is, like, with her fucking child, John, just, like, barking Shakespeare at her all the time. Like, I want a whole movie or, like, you know what? The novel that should exist of this book is, like, just Linda. Like, Literally. if it was just that, it would be so kind. Linda goes back to the world and <laughs> does Soma and just fucking is in a coma for the rest of the book. She's like, I'm gonna just sleep here and die. Thank you. Incredible. I just like every physical description of her, like post, like return to the world, is like it's like painstakingly described. It's like her teeth were rotting out of her head. She looked disgusting. She was the her fattest ass. person alive. She's so fat. Her boobs were huge. <laughs> like it's just like all this stuff. It was always like they had never seen somebody so <laughs> huge <laughs> and fat. <laughs> They have never seen someone so fucking big and heavy. What you got in that bag, fat girl? Like, oh, just big uh, and greedy. Mother just die. Why is she a brick? How? Brick house. She's mighty, mighty. <laughs> um, yeah, Linda, like doing like Violet Beauregard, like inflation fetish, like turning into like uh, oh my god. I like seriously like would love to like rewrite this novel and like just make it the Linda story. Like she's so compelling to me. And yeah, truly, her and her like swampy sex hovel with Pope that was like <laughs> so abject. Just like with getting drunk Pope. on mezcal every day. <laughs> I know. And that's like Pope, and she's like, "No, it's me, your son." She's just like, <laughs> like drunk, God, like. Yeah. Like waddling around with her big fat ass after like being like used up by like every ooga booga in the <laughs> reservation, like as her son is just like screaming like verses from the tempest at her. Are you are you kidding me? That's so amazing. It's like a she fucking has... Samuel Beckett play. She has the only no, compelling narrative. The only compelling narrative. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You can tell that you know the. uh book club members are really lgbt because i'm sure like only queer people 
only queer people who can choose our families love Linda. <laughs> Gay icon. Yeah, Is the she... lady who gets in a bed and dies voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> Literal consumption of Soma. Yeah, oh, she's like... <laughs> um, one thing that, like... I like speaking of like how they describe women I love that he always um uses the word pneumatic to describe like women that was so weird to me I don't know maybe that's just my translation but it was weird yeah and they like specifically like counterpose like pneumaticism and like sexiness they're like two different concepts yeah it's like not literally pneumatic yeah there's like maybe two pneumatic they say that sometimes so I'm like 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 Lenina was almost too pneumatic. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? What did? What did you say? Huh? Even like, what is that? It was so. It was so weird. It was such like an interesting choice, I guess. Has anyone read anything else that Huxley has written before? No, I haven't. Wonder I have not heard the island is good. I have. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like interested to, to like see island. what he gets up to once he like stops freaking out about drugs and starts getting really into drugs. Um, because then that oh, isn't yeah, that what like happened to him? He like got super into like yeah. psychedelics, and like he literally, literally, he did the, 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 the Linda thing. It was mescaline, like, taking a bunch of drugs, and then just like dying. That's how he died. On the he went same out like day Linda. Oh my god. John F. Kennedy. <gasps> oh no. Linda inspiration. So he died on the same day as John F. Kennedy. No one must have cared. <gasps> yeah, that's true. And some other Wait. famous person who I forget. Do you know what that, um, that that's like at the end of Veep when Selena Meyer like finally dies and then it's like announced like two days or two seconds later that like Tom Hanks is dead and then no one cares and then they like, stop covering her funeral. No, it's anyway. precisely that. And he was, and like, on while he was on his deathbed, he like ordered his wife to like shoot him up with LSD. Um, and oh my that's God. how he died. So Linda coded anyway. Yeah, that's like very yeah. like Linda, <laughs> Linda, Linda gender. My pronouns are Linda, Linda, Linda. Linda, Linda li- lovely Linda. <laughs> yeah, lovely Linda. Linda, 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 Linda. Linda. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd like to find out more about him because I don't really understand. Apparently, he had a weird thing in his eye. Somebody put too much alcohol in his bottle. Oh, dear. He was able to read without glasses and without strain. He even tried driving a car. He wrote a book about his experience going blind called The Art of Seeing, an adventure in re-education. Who is this man, Loki? <laughs> Know, yeah, you can like, like, imagine like all the sort of like, sounds like it's Freudian hangups person. that must like plague the mind of the author of this book. Like, <laughs> was this little like English man who was just like, uh, like obsessed with LSD after hating it, um, writing like weird Freudian like dystopic ooga booga orgy borgy orgy porgy, <laughs> and like the art of seeing. And adventure and re-education? Wait, I actually did a little bit of research on him. He also wrote a travel guide. No. At one point. No, he did, for real. I'm serious. To New Mexico? Maybe not to New Mexico. I don't know where it was. Guide to the reservations? Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like... 
to the island. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like my revisionist interpretation of this book is that it's actually a utopian novel. And it's like, if you try to resist, you'll just go insane and kill yourself. Yeah, I completely agree with that. There's, um, I've kind of like made peace with the fact that there's no changing uh, society for the better or worse. I mean, there's probably ways to make it worse. Uh, the only thing you are in this world is a single individual human uh, affected by the tyranny of culture. You have no control over it, so best not to be too annoying about it, or else you'll get sent off to the art island, which sounds horrible, <laughs> or you'll just like kill yourself, which is like not great either. You need to go to the reserve. I want to. I want to know, Andrew. <laughs> when you read this and were kind of moved by it for the first time, did it inspire you to take action or change your your world, like your life, in any way? It kind of did a bit because I used to smoke a lot of weed. Like I would mm-hmm. smoke from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. And mm. once the when the savage was throwing out the soma out the window, and he said, "Like, why do you want to be like?" like a baby like why do you want to be like a puking mutiling baby like don't you want to do something better with your life or something like that that kind of hit me because i was literally high reading it and i'm like Mm. um maybe that's a good point (laughs) that's why it took six months to read (laughs) (laughs) no i kind of relate to that i i had a similar experience where i quit smoking weed after i read infinite jest Mm. um but that's like that's another it's just like another like very similar scenario yeah i I stopped smoking weed when i moved to japan because i was kind of like forced to but that was also when i read infinite jest for the first time and was like oh i'm right about all of this because the first time when i read like the first like 400 pages or 300 maybe when i was in america before leaving i was like oh david foster wallace is like being like ridiculous about like he's like so like overwrought and then uh actually no he's right uh, and I know he's that, literally correct. He's like literally right. Like weed is the most like addictive, like dangerous like substance in the entire world and like ends lives and dulls your brain. Um, so I think that there is something to be said about like, like weed as Soma. Maybe I could, I could mm-hmm. take that. I could, I could come with that a little bit. Soma. <laughs> and I think another thing that moved me when I was reading it is that the people and the way this society is structured and like the way that having two intense relationships is sort of like eradicated and that it just made me appreciate like even if I do have a bad relationship with someone like I can still find value in that even if it's a hard thing in my life like I think I learned to appreciate turmoil more through this book. I love that. I love I love that you're like hedonistic enough that it becomes like an, an actual salient critique of your lifestyle. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's nothing worse than uh when you are a hedonist and then you read something that makes you like ugh, like oh god damn it, I'm like really out there. But it's also good to be re- you know reflective and be able to learn about that kind of thing. So points for Andrew. Thank you. And mm-hmm. for me. Thank you for recommending this book, Andrew. I'm really glad we read it. It was uh, a really fun three-day read that went by really quickly. Three days! Six months! Shade. <laughs> I can't believe it took you a month to read a Sally Rooney novel, girl. Girl, I read like you read. If I could read like normal people on the flight to Okinawa. 
I don't know. Are you really reading anything? Give me. No, I'm reading, girl. <laughs> did I read? Absolutely. Did, did, she did, read? did she read? <laughs> did she read? Are you happy? Are you happy? She read it. Mo also, yo, um, I'm really pleased. This is my favorite book club we've done so far. I had so much fun talking about this. It's a fun book. It's not too serious. Yeah, this was lovely. This yeah, was great. Yeah. This, I really enjoyed reading this more than the other two as well, like massively so. Um, like Nightwood. Uh, oh, God. That book, no. <laughs> that book was so fucking laborious. And then um, that Kawabata novel was horrible it was like so unpleasant i still have that book you gave me for christmas the kawabata book but that one's good and that's his only good novel it's good but i'm still on page 129 you'll get there and we, we can talk about that months. in nine months from now <laughs> i'm just thinking about it usually you're just like thinking well next month um We'll, I think I'll probably announce the, or I'll start serving for times uh, pretty soon and we'll record in August for the next book club for anyone who wants to join us. And I'm very, very excited about what we're reading next. It's May's choice. May, what did you pick? Um, I picked My Twisted World by Elliot Roger. Yay! I'm really excited. Someone just came into the I've been excited room. for this one, like, ever since the whole list got announced. Like, I've been waiting for this one. Oh, we just got one person in at the very tail end, right as we were wrapping Oh, my God. Franny. Linda. Linda? Hi. <laughs> we just finished. We're, like, ending. Oh, slay. Do you have any comments about Brave New World? Also, are you drunk? You look wasted. Uh, I am not. Oh uh, no! Uh, Brave New World by Atlas Huxley. Hussey. Um, <laughs> Hussey by Atlas Huxley. Is wait? Is this going on the? Um, is this going on the? Uh, Patreon. On the yeah. No. No. Yeah, it's public. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a free episode. Okay. Sorry. I will. I will sign off. Um, I am not in a state to talk about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say hi. Goodbye. Hi, girls. Bye. Bye. Hi. Bye. Mama. Oh, well, you cute. Oh. <laughs> well, no, um, I'll see all of my <laughs> beloved um, friends and cherished neighbors for uh, next uh, iteration of Chichino Book Club um, to discuss Elliot Rogers with all of you. It'll be really fun. So look forward to it. Um, and that's all. Bye, Linda. Bye. 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 Bye.